Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Empire. Investing in diamonds in the rough. They are watching him, right? They are watching him playing these like small tournaments. They would have never, never, ever watched these tournaments uh, without the investment. So they are kind of now together consuming the sport in a completely different way. That's Jonathan Ludwig, CEO of Fantium, who is backing underfunded athletes in the hopes of eventual stardom and a return on investment. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. There are a growing number of platforms now dedicated to helping athletes get funding for their careers as fans become investors. Jonathan Ludwig will be the first to admit that the investment part of this won't likely have 10x payoff, but for the sport and for fandom itself, it could have outcomes that are consequential. Our guest this week is Jonathan Ludwig. He is the CEO and the co-founder of Fantium, which is a very modern platform that allows fans to purchase ownership in future prize money or career earnings directly from an athlete in the form of NFTs. Oh, you have just wrapped up all of modern sports into one big bundle, Jonathan. Nice to have you here. No, very excited to, to be here, Bram, and uh, to talk about you, uh, about the future of, of sports and, and athletes. Okay. Uh, give me just the general background and backstory of why you started Fantium. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I have a business background. Um, so I started my first company um, in 2012, so already more than 10 years ago. So I've been in the tech ecosystem for the last 10 years. Uh, for the first seven years as an operator and founder of, of a company. Um, and then I sold the company in 2019 and switched sides. And then I started angel investing uh, my, my own money into tech startups for, for two years. Um, and then this is how I got into the Web3 space um, because I was lucky enough um, in the early days, beginning of 2020, to invest early in Soraya, which is obviously by now in the sports Web3 space, one of the um, most successful companies. Um, so this, this was the first time I got in touch with NFTs and, and with blockchain as a technology. Um, and basically I saw the potential of what it could do um, for sports. So I doubled down then for two years on the on the investing side. And then around a year ago, I really I realized that at one point, um, for me, the investing side was a little bit boring. Um, so I felt that I still had basically, you know, in German, we say gas in the tank. Um, and I wanted to build something um, meaningful, something impactful in sports using blockchain as a technology. Um, and um, that's Back then, that's when I started working on Pentium, and it all started with this like um, idea and big problem in many sports that um, there are, you know, amazing, very popular sports such as tennis, golf, uh, Formula One, racing, etc., where these sports are very expensive for an athlete early on in the career. 
Um, and um, so a lot of talent, uh, talent who have the talent um, but don't have access to capital, they can't make something out of their talent. And back then I thought this is crazy because obviously these sports are super popular at the top. So they have a large audience. A lot of people are enthusiastic about the sport. And why is there no possibility and no platform available for these athletes where they can fundraise the money they need in order to make it to the top and make something out of their talent? Um, and that's when, you know, uh, Fantium started. And what we, what we combine with Fantium is basically this problem with Web3 and using blockchain as a technology to enable these um, sports athlete investments for sports fans. Uh, you'll be happy to know that we Americans also use gas in the tank, that that is a, <laughs> that is a typical <laughs> saying here too. All right. Um, okay. So let, let's take the premise here. Um, if you take golfers or tennis players, you're talking about the expense of travel and that type of issue that goes with potentially reaching your potential in the sport because the prize money isn't high enough necessarily to match what you need to participate? Is that is that where the money, is that what you're talking about when you say you need the money? Yeah, and tennis is actually a great example because it shows this this, this really big problem of, of, of these sports. If you look at the top 10 of players, the best 10 players in the world, they earn comparatively a lot. Also, if you compare their earnings um, to, um, you know, earnings from other athletes in other sports. However, basically, if you look at the top 100, for example, or even the top 200, it's a completely different picture. Basically, there even, you know, if you're the 100 or 200 best tennis player in the world, um, you are basically earning nothing, right? So this is really because of the structure of the sport. Um, and it's, it's a big problem, especially for young athletes, yeah, who obviously, you know, as a young athlete, if you are, let's say, 16 years old, 17 year, years old, you're on the way to maybe become one of the best ones. But still at this age, you're not earning any prize money yet. Um, however, at the same time, um, due to the nature of tennis um, and the tournament taking place all over the world, you have to travel a lot, what you mentioned. Um, you have to have your own coach yeah, because everybody else has. And basically, it's a pretty, pretty big disadvantage if you don't, if you travel alone or maybe with your parents, etc. Um, and then you have also, I mean, accommodation, you have to have training facilities, um, equipment. Um, so there are a lot of cost factors. So if you look at a, at a typical um, professional 18-year player, uh, these costs can be around seventy to 100000 a year. Um, so this, you know, is something obviously somebody needs to, needs to pay. Um, and then um, the, the earnings on the other side, there's no price money earnings available yet. There are also not big endorsement deals yet. Yeah, so it's, I mean, you always hear about these big endorsement deals like Roger Federer, right? Earning hundred millions a year just yeah. from endorsement, et cetera. But that's not possible for these like eight top hundred or two top two hundred players. So they have some some endorsement earnings, but it's very limited. And um, so in the end, it's basically it's not a profitable business, so to say, for them. Um, and that's why there is this financing need, and there's also this financing gap, which is basically very limited um, uh, covered uh, from from alternative financing methods. Okay, let me ask you the counterpart of this, which is. The Serena Williams of the world, Venus Williams, Tiger Woods, all the great, great players, Roger Federer, for that matter, Rafael Nadal, who make the lion's share or have made the lion's share of the earnings and, of course, have all these endorsement deals now. They were found early in life. They were specifically talented. Um, 
where's the gap here with the players that could ascend to that level that haven't actually been found and supported and allowed to rise and let their athletic prowess, you know, shine? Yeah, the problem is very early in the curious because, um, you know, we believe there are a lot of talents yeah, who actually don't have, you, you, they, they can't make the cut and they don't have the chance to become um, the next Serena Williams or the next Federer um, just because there is this financing gap. Yeah, so um, a lot of talents who have the talent, there are two options then. So either, um, you know, they have to give up just because they can't finance the expenses uh, to a life, so to say. Or, or what we also always see, or a lot of uh, times see, that they have to accept very unfavorable terms from people basically in the industry. Yeah, just because you know they they don't have any other options, so they take you know they accept whatever terms uh, being being offered to them, and that's something we want to change. And you don't have to be like this Roger Federer in order to earn actually big endorsement deals. Um, there's actually Nishikori, for example. Yeah, he's basically. He was never like, you know, Roger Federer level or also on Naomi Osaka, right? I mean, she won obviously US Open, but um, it, it's not only about the, the athlete's performance in order to, to, to land these, these, these type of endorsement deals. So it's also obviously about, you know, how well you can actually market the player, um, which, which countries and areas are the player, um, is the player covering, et cetera. So there are a lot of other factors which kind of, you know, play a role in that. Um, however, for us, it's very important that we give, basically with Pantheon, we give every player the chance to get there, right? Because if you are today a 16-year-old player um, and you have to stop basically playing tennis, then you will never basically have the option to, to you know, become Nishikori, become Rochefer, become Serena Rims, etc. And our vision with Pantheon is that we want to enable everybody to own their success, yeah? so that your success is not dependent on that capital and the financial part um, of the sport, but it's basically, it comes down to your talent, it comes down back, uh, down to your the amount of work you're willing to put into your career, and that should be a determined factor for your success um, in, in, in sport. Okay, so let's talk about the investment part of it, because the reality is there are very few people that are going to be these people that we're talking about, and they've been supported and spotted at a very early age. In most cases, there's unicorns here. In most cases, we're aware of who these people are, and we'll see if they ascend to wherever they're going to get to. So when you're selling this as an event, an investment to fans, how are you kind of proposing to them that this is a wise investment to make? Yes, and that's a very important factor because obviously – um, what what's very important to you know to um, to have is like this transparency on the platform, right? So um, so we see different reasons. Also, we have I mean the platform now we have around ten thousand users already, right? Um, and we see different reasons why people sign up and and also invest in in these athletes. And the first is the the financial reason, right? So obviously you know you, you invest in somebody, and then you have the option to earn a multiple on your investment back. Um, if the athlete is making it to the top. So that's one reason. The second reason is the support angle that we see also a lot of users we have on the platform. They just want to support these athletes. They want to, you know, they share this vision. They want to enable these talents yeah, to make something out of their talent that they can continue, that they can continue to, what they, to do what they love. Um, the third reason why people are investing is that if you invest in a, in a player, um, you Obviously, you earn a small share of their the future earnings, but you also get access to that player. Yeah, you become part of the player's 
team, so to say. Yeah. So that means you get access to this private chat with the player, so where you receive basically updates, you know, voice notes, um, uh, pictures, videos, etc. And you get tournament access. So if the player plays at a certain tournament, obviously he has this limited number of tickets he can basically give out. Um, and then you be, you're basically one of the first ones basically uh, being offered that. Um, so there are these small little things which kind of provide a lot of emotional value on top of the financial utility. So it's not only the financial utility, it's also basically these, these other reasons why people invest. However, it's very important to understand, obviously, that it's just a small share of players who are fundraising and getting finance on Centium are actually going to make it. So that's something where we are very transparent. And I always compare basically with startup investment, having you know invested in startups for two years, um, I, I see a lot of similarities, right? And they're also basically, obviously, you don't, it, it's um, it'd be stupid to just to invest in, in one startup. You have to kind of um, distribute the risk, diversify your investments back, you know, 10, 10 athletes um, instead of one. Um, and then this basically way, if one of these athletes are making it to the top, um, then uh, they are also kind of balancing out, yeah. you know, the other investments of players into players who, who didn't make it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This won't be a fair comparison but what this sounds like a little bit to me, because I've invested in this, is horse racing syndicates, which are very popular. And I know going in that the chances of any of the horses I invested in are actually going to run in the major races is very small. But there's an emotional investment attached to it. And it's less about making uh, money back on my investment and more just being part of it, right? Is that kind of, and, and I don't want to compare humans to horses, but it, it has a similar feel to the whole thing. No, 100%, 100%. And I mean, I can share some anecdotes. I mean, you, I mean, we have this one talent, right, who, who already raised um, money. And basically, he has now this community of, of investors, of supporters, and they are kind of, you know, they are watching him, right? They are watching him playing these like small tournaments. They would have never, never, ever watched these tournaments uh, without the investment. So they are kind of now together consuming the sport in a completely different way. And I think, I believe this will be the future because obviously, you know, if Fansum becomes this platform where, where these talents can, you know, raise the money, but they can also develop and build this community around them. Then also for the sports award, the, the, the sports overall, overall also benefits, yeah. Because just right now, now with, with this investment, people are watching suddenly, you know, watching following these smaller tournaments, and not only the Grand Slams, etc. So I think um, also we are making the pot <laughs> bigger, so to say, in sports like tennis, and um, just because the spotlight is is on, 
um, on to these these players and also the smaller tournaments they are playing. Um, for the athletes, um, could you could you share with us what is the agreement they make by accepting the investments? Yeah, so they enter into it's a kind of a financing agreement, and it's basically structured on the blockchain through um, smart contracts. Um, and what it says is basically that you know they get they can raise the money from directly from sports fans. So sports fans can basically um, uh, buy into, and then they um, own a small share of that of that financing agreement. Um, and then for the player, this means that the player gets the money, um, and then he can basically play. And then in case of success. Um, he has to pay back that money um, over um, a certain amount of uh, time. Um, and so that is really important. So it's not like debt, right, where basically you need to pay back um, no matter what. It's always basically um, con- uh, um, basically based um, event where we say the talent makes it to the professionals. And in tennis, this is something we determine with being in the top 150 ATP or WTA, so world ranking. So this is the payback start. Um, and then for the next five to 10 years, um, the player is paying back a small share of his or her prize money. Um, and um, But yeah, in the end, obviously he gets the money. Um, he has some, you know, it's not a it's not a risk yeah, because he doesn't have a debt obligation. And he's very flexible and he's, uh, she is very flexible in basically, you know, um, how she or he wants to spend the money in his career. But also, basically, um, you know, he can always decide, you know, that he wants to stop playing tennis. This is part of the risk. With obviously, you also get informed as a, as a sports investor. Um, but this is how it's structured um, as a as a as an athlete. Okay, um, and so let's let's take the example of somebody who does perform pretty well, starts moving up the ranks. Like, I can find out if I'm an investor. I'll know how much money they made. That's public knowledge of what the purses are, but. Let's say they start getting endorsements. I would imagine transparency is very important here. So how do you kind of deal with the idea of they know what they got in a endorsement deal? I'm an investor. I want to know what they got because I feel like there's a dividend owed to me. How do you how do you kind of deal with that? Yeah, great point. Um, so there are two types of earnings. Um, so we call them the first type of earnings is public earnings. So that's earnings which are publicly available. So you can kind of look them up somewhere. And then there is like these non-public earnings, yeah. And um, if you look at tennis, that's the first sport we we started. Um, the prize money are uh, public earnings, yeah. So you can look them up; they're very transparent. You can see them on the ATP or WTA side. And basically, if basically um, uh, an athlete um, shares on the prize money, obviously then this share in prize money is based and calculated based on the ATP and WTA side. Um, and then there are um, also these endorsement earnings, which are non-public, so it's private information. Obviously, it's also confidential. What you know, how much has athlete uh, Nike or Adidas paid for a certain contract? And and there we have a, a structure with the athlete together with an auditing company. Yeah, so there's an auditing company basically kind of testifying these earnings the athlete has made through these different different sponsors. And after these earnings are testified, then basically they um, they are paid out uh, through the platform. Yeah, so this is how we. Um, you know, ensure as um, uh, much as um, um, transparency and or as, uh, yeah as possible, um, um, and as at the same time, obviously maintaining the confidentiality, which is important for the athlete and also the partners of the athlete. Okay. Um, also, everything is in the form of of NFTs. Can you kind of take me through why you went that route um, on your platform? 
Yes. So I mean, we believe obviously in the in the in the power of of, of blockchain as a as a technology, um, which is obviously behind NFTs. Um, and and our NFTs are not the typical type of NFTs, which is uh, today I think relatively negatively associated. So we just use the technology behind NFTs um, to enable these athlete investments. And um, that means, and there are different benefits and reasons why we do it. Obviously, it's a lot easier to kind of you know bring an, a real asset onto the blockchain, digitalize it, and make it available as an investment. And that's basically done with NFTs. So our platform works in a way that you can actually buy a token, so an NFT, and with that token, you are entitled to a share in the earnings. But then also with the token, you are entitled to these other fan perks. Yeah. And just because of the nature of the token, um, we can basically, um, deliver these also fan perks. Yeah. By basically giving you token gated access. So we basically can restrict and limit the access to certain like private chats, for example, with the athlete. Yeah. Uh, with the token they are holding. Um, then you have the, um, the secondary market. So you can, you can invest in an athlete through an NFT. But you can immediately also basically sell that NFT to somebody else. So there is always this access to liquidity um, for you as a sports investor. So you don't have to wait for the next five to ten years to earn the return. So you can all also cash out earlier, yeah. Um, or also, if you don't believe in asset anymore, don't support him, or don't want, want, to, want to support him anymore, you can always basically decide to sell it or buy into somebody else um, a token. So that's possible. Um, and then for the athlete, there's a very big um, advantage as well that you as an, uh, for you as an athlete, you participate actually for the first time, you participate in the trading of your shares. Yeah. So, um, this is, this is, this is, um, something very relevant, we believe. Yeah. Because obviously, if you look at the talent, um, if the talent makes it and, you know, progresses, um, as basically, um, the value of that, uh, of his or her token increases. So, um, and whenever somebody sells, um, basically that could be, and there will be in a different uh, revenue, revenue stream than for the athlete as well. Um, so that's, um, um, yeah, probably summarized. So these are the, the, the benefits, um, basically using NFTs or using the technology behind NFTs. Um, so it's a combination of this like secondary, um, it's this monetization, uh, for the athlete, but it's also this reword access, yeah, to the athlete, maybe to certain tournaments, you can use the NFT for, um, for later, basically, to get also other value out of the out of the investment. Okay, last thing. Um, how are you scouting the athletes? Who are you picking? How do how do you determine who you want to put in front of fans to invest in? Yeah. Um. So at the moment, I mean, we have three athletes live. Um. Our plan is now to basically scale that side. So we believe in the next couple of weeks, and we have already signed that the players are going to announce them soon. We have basically now around five to ten more athletes on the on the platform. Until the end of the year, we want to have around 50 talents on the platform. Um, and right now, we are pretty um, doing it in a pretty creative way. So we are still basically engaging with these uh, talents to basically better understand them, uh, understand their situation, etc., to make sure we have a very good experience for both the athletes and the sports investors. Um, our vision is by end of the year that we will open up more and more the platform. So. We don't want to be the, the one and the person who gets to decide, yeah, who is basically on the platform and not. Um, our vision is that it's going to be the community. So the platform will be open then for athletes, but obviously these talents, you know, who are using the platform, they have already have to have a track record, right? So usually basically it's the age and the ranking they have, which kind of defines then 
the certain valuation, yeah, on which valuation they can they can fundraise um, the money. Um, but um, we don't want to be the one maybe who gets to decide. So right now we're going with the rankings. Yeah, so this is obviously where we start. So we start with the most promising players based on on the rankings who are looking for for financing support. But then we will also more and more open the platform so that you know everybody, every talent who has a talent can use the platform, can present themselves to this community of sports investors. And then the sports investor community get to decide basically who, who they want to back and who not. Jonathan Ludwig is the CEO and the co-founder of Fantium. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Ben. It was very, very exciting. On the next Future Sport Podcast, software solutions for the growing and expanding gaming marketplace. Personal engagement, I think, is going to be absolutely crucial. I think then dotted line lead, lead into personalization of, of a product. And then the, the kind of the, the wild product, like we were saying, like dual screening. So the, that kind of, I suppose, second screen experience. And I don't think you can do that without listening to customers. That's Patty Casey, co-founder of The Unit, who is helping companies expand their gaming and gambling profiles. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.